Hello, and welcome to the Bizarre and Fascinating Details podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and I've got my co-host, Darcy, with me. How are you doing, Darce? Uh, I'm okay. I, I don't know if you can tell, like, half of my face looks like not, like, working. I had a filling earlier this afternoon, and it's like my face is still numb. I can't see any difference. It doesn't look, it doesn't oh, look weird. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, like, I even did, like, a exercise on the bike to, like, get my circulation flowing to, like, help it, but it still feels, like very numb it looks a little stiff but it doesn't like look yeah. weird or freaky or anything like that it was earlier it did it was weird like it went like my eyelid was numb it was oh so my God, weird no. yeah i was like a little nervous that I was, would like, How? freak me out yeah like when do i need to worry about this but I, but my eyelid's not numb anymore so i think it's like wearing off but just yeah, one filling weird. yeah yikes i hate yeah. dentistry it's the worst I do too. that's the thing and i avoided going for so long because my dentist here sucked and then, like, the office closed. And so I, they, like, sent every... And it was the only one in town that accepted my insurance. Because, uh, you know, I'm, that's the worst. I'm poor. And so... But they closed. So, like, I found a new one. And I finally went. And, of course, I... Because I hadn't been, like, two years. Like, I had to get a filling, which sucks. But, hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're feeling better and it's taken care of. And at least you don't have to worry about yes. it anymore. Yes, for sure. And it's not something worse, like a root canal. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I want to address like a comment um, that we got about something on a previous show. Um, we had a listener that complained about our Kristen Smart episode and um, alleged that we had some incorrect f- information. So first and foremost, Darcy and I do a lot of research for this show um, and we do put our research into the show notes. Um, Both of us try to use as many reputable sources as we can when we create these case scripts that we do for the show. We put a lot of hard work into the show, you guys, and we don't get paid for this. We do it because we enjoy doing it. We don't try to be Dateline NBC. Um, We try to be as factual and accurate as we can be. But occasionally we will get facts from sources that we use that some people may or may not agree with. So I just want to say that if you guys are going to you know, make comments on factual issues, then we welcome, um, send us an email or drop into our DMs and let us know what facts that you're talking about that are incorrect and we will correct them. Mm-hmm. But if somebody makes a comment on the show that, hey, you guys don't do any research or, hey, you know, this, you're, you're using facts that are not correct, but you don't specify um, what you're talking about, then it makes it hard for us to make improvements and corrections on the show. So we just ask people to kind of be cognizant of that, because when we hear about things that are not correct, we want to fix it. Like, that's always our yeah. incentive, because we want to be as accurate as possible. But again, we're not Dateline NBC. We don't have a reporting budget where we go you know, interview people in real time. That's just not how it works. And Mm -hmm. our kind of goal with this podcast is to talk about true crime um, in as a professional manner as possible. So, you know, please be cognizant of that um, when you're listening to the show and when you're making comments. Again, we we like constructive criticism, but, you know, if you're going to just say, hey, your podcast sucks or, hey, you don't do research, then that's not really kind of a helpful way to go about it. So, yeah. And I mean, especially with that one, I think because that was such a brand, like there was information that came out literally that week yeah. and I tried to pull the most recent information available. Um, and that may or may not be information that 
whoever made that comment had seen at that time, or maybe I had outdated information. I'm not sure. But I think the biggest thing is I certainly don't want to be responsible for putting out mis- for knowingly putting out misinformation. I right. would never try to do that. Right. So if there's a way for somebody to give me more current information and then I can make a correction, I would love to do that because point us in the right that's direction. A very, right. Yeah. I mean, if you think we're not doing something right and we don't know about it, there's no way we can correct it. But if you say, hey, you got this fact incorrect about the house that she was found in. Then right. we can go change that and we can make a correction appropriately. But if we don't know that that is incorrect information and that is what we have pulled up from our research, then how do we know to make a correction is what I'm saying. So our goal in this is to be as accurate as we can be with the materials that we have access to. If we are not correct, we are more than happy to make a correction if somebody points out where we are incorrect. Like we had another incident in a podcast that we put out, I don't know, a year ago. Um, and the person pointed out an inaccuracy and we went back and listened to the podcast and it wasn't an inaccuracy. Um, they right. did, they mistake, they made a mistake. The person who made the comment and made a comment about something that they thought we had said, but when we went back and listened to the podcast, we didn't say that. So, um, it's really important for us that we do things right. So that's just, I just wanted to kind of make a comment about that and, and cover off on it because we do research on this show. We we both come from academic backgrounds and that's important to us to get things as factual mm-hmm. as possible. So, Yeah, and ultimately Sarah and I both really want to make sure that we are respectful of the people we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So we would never intentionally want to put something out there that we knew to be incorrect. And if there's, right. if there's information that you guys have that can help us correct that information please let us know for sure. But yeah, I mean, just to say like, this was wrong. I don't know how to go and fix that yeah. kind of thing. And I have a feeling that, you know, when we get things like that, that come through um, as comments on the podcast, um, sometimes there are people out there that are just act more of an expert on a certain topic, have found a sure. particular interest in a certain topic that they really enjoy talking about that they may know more than us about. And we are... Mm-hmm. Um, cognizant of that fact as well and respectful of that. I mean, there's going to be stuff that people are going to know more than us about. We, we are humble enough to realize that. But we also, you know, want people to, to be aware that, you know, we do this because we love this genre. Mm-hmm. So f- try to be, <laughs> just be kind. We're all working we're all, hard. We're all trying, basically, <laughs> so. is what it comes out to you. We're all trying. Yeah. Um, and some of these cases and some of these stories we tell, like there are entire podcast seasons dedicated to that one story. Yeah. So there's going to be stuff we miss, especially yeah. like with Kristen Smart. There is an entire podcast dedicated to that. And I believe that podcast is responsible for finding a lot of the information that we reported. Yeah. Um, so we don't have the time to dedicate to doing a whole season on one topic. So there's going to be stuff that we leave out and and we try to kind of give you the resources and the references that we use so that you can then go read for yourselves where we got the information. Yeah. And if you want to do more research or if you yeah, want and to find hear out more what details. is important to you. Yeah. yeah. So um, I just want to kind of, I wanted to just cover off on that because it, it yeah. kind of upset me a little bit. Um, I kind of took it personally. And I know, you know, when you're in the, the social media and when you're in this public sphere, you kind of got to have a thick skin and roll with it. And the thing is, I'm, I, I like cr- cr- constructive criticism, mm-hmm. but you know there is a difference between people that just um, want to be mean and people that are actually out to help the show get better. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you don't like how we do things or the format that we use, then 
by all means, <laughs> there's so many awesome podcasts right. out there. Go for it. We encourage you to try something else if, if we're not your cup of tea. Um, yeah. and, and that's okay because we're not for everyone. So, And we can be a little sensitive too because we put so much work into it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little disheartening to hear like this is just bad. Like, yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, so. especially when, you know, there's been a lot of nice comments from people. So um, I'm going to jump into today's case. Today, um, okay. I want to talk about this case because I've found it particularly interesting since I heard about it. And it was it's a more recent case. But I'm going to talk about the Delphi murders today. Ooh, yes. And there has been I a recent update. Yeah, there's been a recent yes. update, which is why I Good wanted one. to cover it. Because it's been something that I really wanted to cover. But I was mm-hmm. waiting for more recent information and more detailed information. And they really have not put out a lot about this case. Right. Um, they have kept a lot of the details about it very close to the vest um, mm-hmm. in the interest of making this investigation more thorough and catching this person. So I'm going to give what information is out there right now. And I'm hoping, crossing my fingers and toes and everything else, that this guy is going to get prosecuted soon. And then we'll be able to bring a nice, you know, put a nice bow on this and put it At to rest. At least find out more information about it, how yeah. he may be connected to it. Yeah. So the two victims in this case, uh, Abigail Williams, known as Abby, and Liberty German, or Germaine, however you want to say it, known as German, known as Libby. Yeah. Um, in 2017, when this case started or happened, Abby was 13 and Libby was 14. And they lived in a little town called Delphi, Indiana. And it's about 20 minutes northeast of Lafayette, Indiana, and... It's about an hour and 20 minutes from Indianapolis. So this happened actually when I was living in Louisville, which is like not far from Indianapolis at all. Right. So like this was big when I, when I, when this first happened and I was I remember just getting the chills when I heard about yeah. this case because of the weird kind of little things. And I'm going to kind of get into that in a second, mm-hmm. just how this kind of played out. But, um, Delphi is the county seat of Carroll County and is part of Lafayette, Indiana, metropolitan statistical area. And as of 2010, the population was about 2,800 people. So a little bit less than 3,000 mm-hmm. in 2010. So it's probably increased to, you know, three or 4,000 by now. But, but by all kind of indications, it's a smaller sized town. Right. And the city itself um, takes its name from the ancient Grecian city of the same name and has a total area of about 2.73 square miles. So like I mentioned earlier, it's a very oh, small wow. town. Yeah. Um, and it's mostly middle-class families um, raising their kids. And Abby and Libby were eighth graders at Delphi Community Middle School. So let's go back to February, 2017. So for those of you who know Midwestern weather, you know that February can be a very much of a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's very cold, but occasionally warm weather gets thrown in there. And this particular year, February was unseasonably warm. And the temperature was close to 60 degrees um, mm. during this time period in kind of mid-February, which is kind of unusual. This year it was so freaking cold. Yeah, that's pretty mild for a February. Yeah. So um, the school district where these two girls attended middle school had kind of a built-in snow day schedule. Mm-hmm. So Um, So they weren't skipping school or anything like that. So Monday, the 13th of February, 2017 was one of those snow days and the kids got the day off regardless of whether there was snow or not. So the girls decide they're going to do something fun. Um, Can I just, can I jump in for a second? 
But like, it's really so like, if there's a, a snow day, if there's a day in the school year where it, the weather's so bad that you can't get to school, they cancel the day, obviously, and then they would make it up on that designated snow day. Otherwise, if they haven't had to cancel for up for weather, that they get that day off. So that's what happened. They didn't have any inclement weather. Okay. Okay, that's yeah. kind of not how I heard it described, but I I believe you. Like I, I'm not. Right. I never. We didn't. We had snow days, but in a different sort of a way. Like anytime the weather was crappy, they would just cancel school. Yeah, and we'd have to it's make like it up they the don't like. Year. We didn't have designated days. Yeah, so. it's not like they say like February eighth is a snow day. So like if it snows, we're closed. If not, you just get the day off. Like it's not like that. It's like in between the start of the spring semester and February eighth, if we haven't had to close for any time. For inclement weather, then you get the day off. Otherwise, we will make it make it up on February eighth or whatever. Is kind of how that how it works. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was one of those days, mm-hmm. um, and the girls were super excited God, yes. about having the day off. As you know, remember back when you were that age, it was like having an extra day off was like the best thing ever. Especially like when you're not sick, you just get to stay home. Yeah. So Sunday, the twelfth of February, Abby and Libby had kind of a little slumber party. And they spent the night together at Libby's house. And when they did this, you know, these girls did everything together. They were together at school. They played sports together. They played softball. It looks like Libby played volleyball, um, soccer, all kinds. They were in the band together. They both played the alto sax. I mean, they did everything together, both in school and outside of school. They were just the best of friends. Yeah. And so they had spent that Sunday night eating pizza, watching movies, just doing kind of typical teenage girl stuff. And... The girls on Monday, February 13th in the morning, they like ask Libby's older sister, Kelsey, to take them to this met- this hiking spot. Mm-hmm. And it was called Monon High. And it's over a place called Deer, over a creek called Deer Creek. So it's a pretty popular hiking spot in that area, according to the news outlets that reported on it. And some people think it's a little isolated, but it's actually a pretty popular biking trail for Delphi locals. Mm-hmm. And it's a historical site, and there are multiple trailheads, not just one spot where you start hiking. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, most of the spots that I know, hiking trails, they're like there's a trailhead, and you go right. to the parking lot, and yeah, that's where you start hiking. Yeah. But in this particular area, this hiking spot was pretty popular for the locals and there were spots to get on it at multiple different locations. So you could go here or you could go a mile down the street and jump on the trail and go there. There were a lot of options. Yeah. And everything I'd heard about is kind of like, it was well known to the locals, but it wasn't like a, you wouldn't go from Indianapolis to go there. Yeah. But I heard that it was also a popular tourist destination for people who weren't from there. Yeah. And they would come just to hike on this particular trail. Especially in the oh, okay. summer months when it's really nice. Okay. Um, however, and I heard this from some locals that are from the Indianapolis area that mm. were saying they had heard the, about this and people would go from, come from out of town to go hiking in this spot. But this is February, oh, okay. so you're not going to really have a lot of those people out there on that trail yet. Yeah. So Abby and Libby get dropped off at this trailhead, part of the trailhead, and it's near Hoosier Heartland Highway. And it's about 1 p.m. when they get dropped off. And they had planned on having Libby's dad pick them up later. Um, And some sources say that it was a family member. Some say that it was the dad. But I've heard mostly from the sources that I looked at that it was the dad that was going to pick them up. And 
the girls hit the trail and they do normal trail stuff. You know, when you go on a hike, you know, you're checking mm-hmm. out nature, you're taking pictures, you're hanging out, you're just having a good time. I'm sure they were chatting it up about teenage girl type stuff. And at 2.07, Libby gets on Snapchat and posts a picture of her bestie walking across the bridge on the trail. Okay. So she's posting a picture of Abby and it's kind of like a neat little sort of picture that she's taken of her friend. And it doesn't have any captions or explanations or anything, but it does show that the trail wasn't super busy that day. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the two were alone on their journey at that point. Mm-hmm. So then Libby's dad calls her cell phone around 3 p.m. And it doesn't say whether Abby had a cell phone, but we definitely know that Libby had a cell phone. So her dad calls her phone around 3 p.m. to let the girls know that he's getting close and he's going to be ready to pick them up. So I think the plan was that once he was like getting close to coming to pick them up, he was going to kind of give them a heads up and find out where they were so he could come pick them up. But he Mm -hmm. does that at 3 and they're not answering. And he calls multiple times and Libby doesn't answer at all. And so he gets out of his car around 3.30 and starts looking around the path where he thinks they were supposed to be. And what time did she post the Snapchat picture? That was 2.07 p.m. 2.07, okay. Okay, so it was like an hour and a half before he actually gets there and starts looking around. Gotcha. But by 4 o'clock, Libby's dad calls his, calls Libby's grandma and grandpa. She lives with them at the time and tells them that, hey, I can't find Libby and Abby anywhere. They were supposed to be here and they're not. Can you please come help look for them? Mm-hmm. So the phone tree starts and Libby's grandparents call Abby's mom, Anna, and they get everyone in the area to search for these two girls. And I think at that point, there was not a fear that the two girls were, you know, the victim of foul play as much as they thought that maybe one of the girls had tripped or hurt herself or sprained her ankle or something like that. And that just got lost in the woods. Yeah. And that the other girl didn't want to leave her alone. And so she's like, I'm just going to stay until somebody comes along, that sort of thing. I don't, I mean, I think there was the, the worry was there, but I don't think it had reached the point where they thought these girls were the victim of foul play. Yeah, the only thing that like is worrying is not answering the phone. Like that's yeah. pretty. But then you know her phone. But... She could have not charged it. It could have died. Sure. Like there's a whole host of different things. Um, the family start searching, and they are really like all over this area, just combing the brush and the trails and everything, until about five thirty when they decide to call the police in. And at that point, the community gets involved immediately and begins scouring the landscape for these two girls. And Amber Alerts go out, and everyone knows right away that these teens are missing. Mm-hmm. And I remember this mm-hmm. when this case happened and seeing on the news and, like, really, like, people, like, were extensively covering this on the news and things like that. They really thought they were going to find these girls and quickly. Yeah. Um, about 5.30-ish, they noticed that Libby's phone dies. And I think, you know, you can tell it's going to go straight to voicemail, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, versus it rings and rings and rings, and you can tell, you know, whether the phone has died or not. But around midnight, the search is put on pause, and the searchers go home determined to start again the next day because it's dark, and they can't see mm-hmm. what's going on out there, and they, find, they feel like they're not being as useful as they could be if they had light. Sure. And again, like I said just now, foul play wasn't really suspected, and the families thought maybe one of the girls had gotten hurt and the other one was waiting with her. And the search starts again the next morning. And this is February 14th, and it's a Tuesday, Valentine's Day. And by that point, they've got search dogs, dive teams, the FBI, all the big guns have gotten involved. Mm-hmm. And around midday, they find the bodies. And sadly, the searchers find the two girls on the edge of Deer Creek, And Deer Creek runs parallel to the path that the girls had been on. And 
the bridge that Abby's picture was taken on. It's about a half a mile from the bridge where the girls were found. And the area is near a public park, but it was on 40 acres of private property that belongs to a, a man in his 70s by the name of Ron Logan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So February 15th, 2017, the authorities conduct autopsies on these two girls to determine the cause of death for these two young victims. And it's really kind of important to note that the details of these autopsies have not been released. They're not public. Mm -hmm. And so none of the public knows what happened. They don't know whether these girls were sexually assaulted. They don't know anything. And the police have kept that very tight-lipped. Do we know the manner of death? Nope. And there's a lot of speculation on the internet about this. There's a lot of kind of Reddit chains that say that the two girls had scarves on at their funeral. And so there's kind of some speculation that they may have been strangled or something with the neck. Either. I think that's an urban legend that happens with yeah. like every yeah. popular. So, like... But again, there is no report that has been put out that talks about the manner of death. And I think they're doing that because they want to try to use that information to catch this guy. Mm-hmm. And It could be a woman, but they're assuming that it's a man because I'm going to talk about that in just a second here. But the prevailing theory is that the girls died in the general area that they had been found in. No official reports have been released and the police and authorities are keeping everything very hush hush in an attempt to be most effective in narrowing down the killer. Mm -hmm. Um, Photos were released the same day of a man. And this was February 19th 2017 this guy is identified as the main suspect in the case so where do these come from now it's important to know that libby kind of had her wits about her when this whole thing went down and she started recording this guy on her cell phone when it happened she felt uncomfortable and it's my understanding that these two girls were like true crime fans that they watched Mm -hmm. a lot of true crime shows Both of them wanted to go into police, that sort of a thing. Uh, Libby in particular wanted to go into forensics. They really had plans for their future to be in that field, both of them. And so I think that they were smart enough and having watched enough of these shows and learned enough about true crime to know that this is going to be useful information for somebody regardless of what happens. They felt uncomfortable. They're like, let's film it and we can catch this guy. It's so incredible that 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 she was able to keep her wits about her she had the presence of mind is what the yeah. police said but i mean it's just incredible and they have this massive press conference on february 22nd do you remember that press conference when yep. they released the information i mean it's like very very crystal clear in my brain where they announced that they have a new lead in the case and they release info about the picture that the suspect came from the picture of that suspect came from libby's phone and that the phone was found with the girls' bodies, and that's all. They released a short audio clip at that time as well in hopes that someone would recognize the voice. So this sort of thing is not really common. You don't typically hear video clips or sound clips or sound bites Mm -hmm. from cases like this. Um, But this is an event, they say, that led to a crime. The police say they aren't releasing everything, but they do... Um, released this one clip because they say that this happened during the commission of a crime against these two girls. And the voice just says down the hill. Right. And so it's, the clip is longer. Right. And the police have that clip, the full audio, but they've only released that section where he said down the hill. And then the picture also is not of 
clear focused picture it's like no. a blurry picture of the side of his head yeah well he's basically got his head down yeah. he's wearing blue jeans and a jacket and a hat and so it's not super clear so they kind of created a composite sketch from what they thought best that they had from these I, images didn't they have some witness statements of people who saw somebody like that like hiking in the area too they had a bunch of different kind of side information on that and they okay. used that information and again They've been very close-lipped about the evidence yeah. in this case. So it has been a little bit challenging for people on the outside to try to put things together to try to figure out this particular case. But right. So the quality, like you said, is not super clear, but police believe it is enough to get some good active information from this case and some good tips. And so they post this on the Indiana State Police website, and there's also a reward offered and they encourage mm-hmm. anyone who knows something to come forward and i think they very strongly believe that someone would recognize the sound of this man's voice mm-hmm. and be able to give them information to narrow this down to narrow the suspect down right i remember all the speculation was that this person would be, would be found very quickly because at first i think they first came out they, they they didn't even call him a person of interest they called him a suspect right away yeah Right? Well, because they say that the video, the parts that we did not see, really showed this This oh. was captured during the commission of a crime. Gotcha. And they're yeah, not I'm... showing that. But it's my understanding that everyone involved in this case on the inside who's seen this video, it's very, very emotionally trying. It, it is intense, they said. Hmm. Um, that it is something that has impacted the people that are involved in this case very, very deeply to the point where they're kind of emotionally scarred from seeing right. this. So I don't know what's on that tape that she recorded, but it's my understanding that, again, it's during the commission of a crime, they said, which could be anything. Right. So there are a lot of YouTube videos and speculation and articles and strings of information about this case and what possibly happened to this girl, these girls. And I'm not really going to kind of get into the speculation mm-hmm. on that because there's really no point. We don't know yet. And we will it's at some point. It's pure blind yeah. speculation. Like it, it, there's literally nothing to know based on the information that's been released. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are really um, kind of ready to just make stuff up almost in what they believe happened in this case. But experts speculate that the perpetrator got onto the bridge where Libby and Abby were. And right after she took that picture of Abby towards the end of the bridge, and it kind of made these two girls feel uncomfortable. So they started filming at that point. Um, Thousands and thousands of tips came in from this information that the police posted and the sketch of the suspect. But August Mm -hmm. 2017, police announced they have DNA and that they're working to identify it, which doesn't necessarily mean a lot in the scope of things because they're on Mm -hmm. a trail where a lot of people could potentially have been. It could be anybody's DNA. You don't necessarily know that it's the perpetrator's DNA. but Well, they don't say the source of the DNA. So they may know that it's the perpetrator's DNA, but they also may not have anybody to match it up against. And it's on this guy's private land. Yeah. So, I mean... I think that, again, you could speculate forever on what that mm-hmm. is and how effective it is as a tool, but we're not sure that it's the killers, and they didn't announce that it was the killers. So April 19, 2019, police released a short video of the suspect walking. And again, as I mentioned earlier, he's wearing blue jeans and a jacket, and this isn't. there's an updated version of the sketch that they post at the mm-hmm. same time, and... The police really believe that this distinctive kind of walk that this man has would help identify him. 
Mm-hmm. So they released this. It's not very long clip, clip of it. though. No, it's not. Um, but they believe that the suspect was familiar with the area and could be hiding in plain sight. And they're, they're starting to look for the owner as well of an abandoned car that had been left near the murders as well. And mm. they suspect that it might have something to do with it. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about some of the suspects. So first and foremost, there was Ron Logan, and that was the owner of the land that the girls were mm-hmm. found on, the 40 acres of land. And the police start with him because, you know, they found the girls on his land. And he had been right. on probation for some DUIs, and he was quickly ruled out, though, because of the age range of the suspect. And they mm-hmm. looked at his gait and his build and all that kind of stuff and determined very quickly that a 70-some-year-old man is not who took these girls. Right. They kind of just have to look at him by default as of where they were found. They have to turn over every stone in a case like this. Then they start looking at Daniel Nations. And I don't know if you know who this guy is, but... The name is familiar. He's very familiar. He's the guy that was a registered sex offender from Indiana that was arrested in Colorado because he was threatening park goers with a machete or a hatchet. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, he had... They think he shot a biker. Like, he just was in these public parks just going bonkers with, like, a hatchet. Mm-hmm. And he got arrested for that, and they, they pulled him in. But he was ruled out in early 2018. He was the one that was a suspect in the shooting of a biker as well, and he looked very much like the images of the suspect, but mm-hmm. they determined that he was not the one. Um, there's also a man named Paul Etter who was considered a suspect. He was wanted for raping and kidnapping a woman, and he died of suicide in a police shoot off in 2019 yeah a police standoff which is scary so i guess they they couldn't really rule him out but he was no longer able to be prosecuted obviously at that point i was literally about to say like god it must suck to be like falsely accused of something as horrible as this and then you were said like he was convicted of raping a woman so i was like oh well no 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 i don't feel terrible for him and then there was thomas bruce a former pastor who had been charged with murder and sexual assault of several women who was also considered Jesus. a possibility for this. Sorry right? for the pun. I didn't intend to do that. <laughs> he has since been charged with 17 felony counts and is waiting for his trial on the other charges, but he has not been ruled out officially. Um, and then okay. there's Charles Eldridge, who was also a suspect after his arrest in January 2019 for child molestation and solicitation of a child. Oh, God. So he's still on the list as well. And then finally, there's mm-hmm. James Brian Chadwell the second. And I'm going to talk about him more in just a second. But they name him as a person of interest. And this was brand new in April. They named him as a person of interest just like a week mm-hmm. ago. Many people believe that two people might have been involved in this incident because it would take a lot to overpower two healthy young girls. You know what I mean? They were athletic. So we, yeah. So when you say many people believe this, is that speculation? Or are you getting that it's from speculation? Like- um, okay, that's not from investigators yeah, or anything. No. Um, okay. The investigators say that it's a possibility, but I don't think that they've really, you know, ruled one way or the other that that's conclusive, yeah. right? Um, in any case, though, um, since the murder of these two young girls, Libby's mom started a movement to have Indiana residents put orange lights on their front porches to remember the girls and to remind them that oh. a murder is still on the loose, which is really sad. Um, and then August 20, 2017, a sports complex in Delphi was proposed in the memory of the girls because they were both really kind of into sports and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a website devoted to remembering the two girls and helping solve their case, and it's abbyandlibby.org. And 
Libby's sister Kelsey has is very active. Totally. It, with social media, with podcasts, with going on the news. I mean, she is everywhere. She's been probably the biggest advocate that I've seen about this case. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and then, like I mentioned, I saw this article on April 29th. And this was from the Kansas City Star, and it's man accused of trying to kill nine-year-old is linked to mysterious Delphi murders, cops say. And this came out, um, again, this last week, and Mike Stunson was the author. And it says, a man accused of kidnapping and abusing, and this, again, these, this information is widely available out there. There have been numerous people that have covered this, mm-hmm. but a man accused of kidnapping and abusing a nine-year-old girl in Indiana is now being linked to the state's mysterious murder investigation of these two girls and James Brian Chadwell they say is a main suspect and is most likely connected to the 2017 Delphi murders of eighth grade girls Abby Williams and Libby German Um, this is from the ABC News reports and the case has garnered national attention and has gone unsolved for four years investigators are looking into him says the Carroll County Sheriff and Chadwell was arrested last week in Lafayette, about 20 miles from Delphi, on attempted murder, kidnapping, and various physical and sexual abuse charges. According to an affidavit, a nine-year-old girl went missing April 19th in Lafayette, and Chadwell was accused of luring the girl into his home under the ruse that she could pet his dogs. Chadwell Mm. then attacked the girl once she was inside, choking her and knocking her unconscious. The girl told police he brought her to his basement and began to rape her when she was interrupted by officers, when he was interrupted, sorry, by officers knocking on his door. Chadwell answered the door and allowed officers into the house where the girl was found in the basement. Thank God. She had been locked up with a chain, but they were able to save this poor girl's life. She was visibly distraught and crying. Her clothing was on the floor beside her. This is a nine-year-old girl. Like, I'm just horrified by this whole thing. Um, Chadwell was charged on Monday with attempted murder, child molestation, kidnapping, criminal confinement, and serious bodily injury, et cetera, et cetera. Um, who do I speak? Do we know why they knocked on his door? Did they, were they just somebody, I think the neighbors or somebody saw him go in there and they, they narrowed down and said, Hey, something's going on. You need to check. Wow. Um, but who do I speak with? the neighbors. Right. Somebody said something. Um, who do I speak with about a psychological evaluation? Chadwell asked the judge at his Monday hearing. So he's already trying to line himself up for some hmm. kind of a mitigating thing. But police haven't shared any details as to how they may have connected Chadwell with the deaths of Abby German and Lib- or Abby Williams and Libby German. Abby and Libby were hiking on a trail February 13th when they went missing, according to the FBI, in 2017. Parents reported them missing after they did not arrive at their pickup location. Days later, volunteers in the search found their bodies in the woods east of Delphi and Carroll County. Cause of death has never been disclosed. So the FBI released this video recording of the suspect, and he's heard saying, and they, they re, I mentioned earlier, they released a larger clip, and it's, it's mm-hmm. essentially just him saying, guys, down the hill. Right. So it's one extra word, which doesn't seem like much, but they felt like that extra word might help somebody because of the way he said it. Mm-hmm. Because not a lot of people will say, guys, to two young girls as a reference when they're addressing yeah. them. And there's also a regional dialect, I yes. think, to that. Like, cause I remember when this, when this story first happened, when, when they were, they were just found and they just released the initial sound clip and it was literally just people playing down the hill. Yeah. Down the hill. Just down bonkers. the hill. Like it was, that was it. And you couldn't get anything from that. No. Um, hundreds of individuals, including witnesses and suspects, have been interviewed during the four-year investigation, and the girls' deaths have been the subject of many documentaries and true crime podcasts as the search for answers continues. Abby's mother, Anna Williams, said of the four-year anniversary of their deaths, we will get answers. We will have to wait patiently for that. 
But I mean, mm. this case to me has been particularly interesting, number one, because of the video clip of this mm -hmm. perpetrator, right? It's not often that you see something that has a video clip of the perpetrator. In. I'm gonna play right. that clip, not actually play it with you, but I'm gonna play it here in the podcast all. Um, and to hear that person's voice just gave me like the chills. I mean, did you get that yeah. when you heard it? Like, it's like, this is somebody who yeah. killed two young girls. Well, and it, it's, there's something to it because you know the context. Like if you just heard that clip, like, or saw that video, like you wouldn't, there's nothing, it's an innocuous clip. Yeah. But because of the context of what happens, it is very chilling. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. And the fact that they've held back all of the information about this, like, all of it, manner mm -hmm. of death, cause of death, whether there was sexual assault involved, is also super interesting. It's not that you want to hear that stuff, but, like, knowing the details is something that's commonly done for cases out there that are in the media. Um, and mm -hmm. I get it. These are two very young girls that this happened to. Um, and I don't, if I was a family, I probably wouldn't want that information readily available either. But I get the police keeping that information close to the vest so that they can try to assist with this investigation in the best way possible and the most effective way possible. But right. it's a scary kind of a thing because personally, I've done the hiking thing by myself and with Cooper hundreds, hundreds of times, yeah, hundreds of times. And it's terrifying to think just one time. You're out there and it's a trail yeah. that anybody could walk by at any time and somebody mm -hmm. grabs you and you end up dead. Like, it's, it's horrifying. Yeah. I mean, we used to go hiking all the time, like in San Diego for like mm -hmm. an entire day. I mean, yeah. And it's just, it is something that, sorry, it just, it just reminded me this, I completely forgot about until like this very moment, but this is so kind of random. But last night at like 4 a.m., a car alarm went off in my parking lot. Mm -hmm. And it woke me up, and it woke Dahlia up. And I look out the window, and, like, it's not my car, so I, like, get in bed, get back in bed, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, 30 minutes later, it goes off again. And freaking Dahlia, because she's like, well, I'm up now, she's like, I need to go to the bathroom. And oh, I'm like, boy. you don't understand. Car went off, our car alarm went off twice. That means somebody's out there. Like, that's not, like, a yeah. random thing. So, like, yeah. I have to freaking take her for, to the bathroom, and, like, we're walking, we're coming back around, and it's my downstairs neighbor whose alarm was going off, and she was like, did you see anybody? And I'm like, I didn't see anybody. I, like, I'm, I like looked, I'm not trying to see anybody. <laughs> well, I looked the first time because I was trying to see somebody, but, like, when I was outside, I wasn't trying to see anybody. Like, I'm just trying to, like, God, please don't let there be anybody, like, still around. And she says right. that the second time the alarm went off, which is the which is when I took Dahlia out, that her door, her front, her car door was slightly ajar. No. And I'm like, no. Oh my God. Like I was like, somebody was there and it was just like my stupid dog had to go to the bathroom. And I'm just like, I just don't want to die holding a bag of dog poop. Like that's right? all I could think of. But like, <laughs> it, it's kind of random, but like, it's just one of those things of like, you're just out there. You're just walking. You're just hiking. You're just doing something you normally do all the time that they're just yeah. out for a hike. I mean, they're just hanging out on their day off. You know, they're being active like they like to do. And it's just horrible that like... I just wonder how he subdued them. If he had a knife or a gun or like, I just, I'm I always curious. kind of assumed he had some sort of weapon. But that's just me I mean, how would you pursue assuming. two girls, two healthy athletic girls too? And it looked like, 
Abby, I think it, Abby's the 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 bigger one of the two. She looked like, you know, she was athletic. She definitely had a, a, a larger athletic build. I think it, th- I mean, so, God, I was going to say at that age, but I think probably even now, like, if somebody, like, threatened my friend and told me I had to go too or something bad was going to happen to my friend, I don't know that I would have the guts to run away. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's hard to say, like, what you would do yeah, in yeah. a circumstance like that because you can Monday morning quarterback at all Absolutely. you want, but until Which you're actually in. And, I mean, so much with this case, too. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's really sad. These two girls seemed like they had so much promise. They were intelligent. They were outgoing. They were musical. Mm-hmm. They were athletic. They were into true crime. By all accounts, they would have done a lot of great things in this world. It's just so sad that that was shut off so early for those two young girls. And hopefully uh, th- this case is going to break wide open soon and they'll yeah. have enough to prosecute the perpetrator. And I don't know if you saw this. This came out of maybe a week before the story about the new suspect. But mm-hmm. Libby's sister, Kelsey, is actually in college now. Mm-hmm. And she's studying forensic psychology. Like her goal, Good. like she's going into that because she's an advocate for her sister and for Abby. Yeah. Like it's just, she's, she's very impressive. If you haven't listened to a podcast with her or watched an episode about this case with her, I highly encourage it. Um, she's by far the most active person involved in this and advocating for um the murder of her murderer of her sister and her friend. I mean, yeah, I mean, she's just, she's incredible. She's very, yeah. she's very incredible. So, and again, we just, our hearts and our prayers and thoughts and everything go out to these families of these two young girls and hopes that this is over soon. I mean, something like this just changes your life yeah. like irrevocably um, and changes the entire lives of everyone in your family. So like, I just can't even imagine the heartbreak from something like this, but there's a certain very, very small measure of comfort in knowing that those two girls were together and they were able to comfort each other mm-hmm. and didn't have to be alone. That's the only solace right. that I think anyone could find in something like that. And, you know, I, I'm i very hopeful that the video clip that Libby recorded that there is enough there that when they find the suspect, they're able to match it conclusive. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm hopeful because that, that can't be for nothing that nothing right. like it just can't be that nothing comes from that. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. to, to have, to have the wherewithal to do that, to make that recording, to know that something's not right. And to make She's that like recording, 13. I know it's to have that presence of mind. And that togetherness and that, like, intelligence at yeah. that age is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, it really that is. That this young girl and, would, would be able to do that. And, I mean, I remember, like, the assumption was that this would just be solved so quickly because, like I said earlier, I mean, I guess it's not really true, but I had always heard that, like, this was an area well-known to locals but not necessarily to outsiders. So they, everybody thought it was somebody in the small town or somebody that – visited the small town or knew you know what I mean everybody thought like this is somebody we're gonna find this person quick because there's not that many people that like come around here yeah and and people that aren't from around there would be noticed very easily right right and that's just what's made it so awful is that they haven't been able to find out who this person is and it also is very scary if it is somebody that's in that town I mean, you yeah. know, I just I hope that we find out hiding more about in plain this. sight. Right, like, that's just bonkers to me. I hope we find out more about this guy. What's his it's name? It's been unbelievable. The three names. Um, Brian. 
Chadwell. Something, 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 something. The second. That's all I remember. Um, yeah, James Brian Chadwell the second. Yeah. Um, I can't believe it's been four years I know. since this case happened. Like, I thought for sure that it would be solved before now. So, it's very, very interesting. I would hope that if I ever had was put into similar circumstances that I would be able to do something like that too. We've already talked about this. I would not be able to do it. I mean, we, I know we, I know I wouldn't, I would immediately just give up. We've already had that discussion. (laughs) Go ahead and kill me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't mean to make light of it, but like I'm Mm -hmm. so bad in a high pressure situation. Like I'm just so bad. That's why it's so impressive. And that's why I want so badly for something to come from this video clip that she made because it's incredible. She was 13 and she made this video clip. She had the sense about her to do this. And I'm freaking 36 and I just, I would panic. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I think your survival instincts sometimes kick in at odd times that you don't anticipate. And you might be surprised. I have no survival instinct. <laughs> like, there's no fight or flight. I just freeze. Like, that's what happens. Okay, then. Yeah. That's, I mean, <laughs> again, that's, this is what, this, I know my role in the apocalypse. I'm just, okay. you know. Food. Yeah, Food you, well, or, or a distraction for you to then get away while I'm dying. Hopefully it's quick. Yeah, I mean. So, unless you have anything else to add, I'm going to go ahead and wrap the podcast up on that note. I don't. Hopefully we find out more about this guy, if he's related, how he's related. I'm very curious about that. I hope we get yeah. some answers soon. And, you know, we'll post some pictures of that and some information on websites you can call if you have any information. I mean, not that necessarily anyone's going to be listening to this podcast and know who the suspect is, but you never know. Um, And then, you know, the pictures of the suspect are interesting Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And then the video, we'll make sure we include a link to that if you want to check that out as well. And um, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can certainly feel free to write us an email. We're at the bfdpodcast at gmail.com. If you're the listener who had the Kristen Smart comment, hey, shoot us an email and tell us yeah, what you think is know. factually inaccurate, and we will make that correction. I'm, I mean, I'm, I genuinely want to correct any information if I got something wrong, so please let us know. Yeah. No, I mean, at the risk of, like, being a broken record, yeah, <laughs> send that's us an email. Let us know if you're still listening to the podcast. But um, And then what is our social media? Yeah, we are at the BFD podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. So you can also message us there too. Super. We like to post some interesting pictures on there. And then I just want to remind people to please rate, review, and subscribe. It is very, very helpful to us. Um, even if you give us the one star, which breaks my heart. (laughs) It's still helpful and subscribing and rating and reviewing and all that kind of stuff helps us become more visible to listeners who may be interested in the content that we have to offer and it helps us improve our show, so on and so forth. And that's always our interest in this whole genre is to provide the best information that we can with the content and materials that we have access to and then continue to improve gradually year by year that we do this. Um, We do it because we love this genre and we both have and we always probably will. It's always been something that I've been fascinated Mm -hmm. in. Yeah, same. And please join us again next week when we talk more about weird, wacky, and wild cases. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay safe, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye. Bye, guys.